Hello, everybody out there in the airwaves. It is Talk Is War with your hosts, Alpha Z. Switch player. And Hades. Thank you guys for joining us this evening. Uh, doing a little bit of a late night, but this is a makeup show. So, uh, hope you enjoy. So, without further ado, let's go to war. Alright, let's see if this will work fucking finally. Uh, my mouse always messes up and I'll always have to use the uh, touch screen. I don't know why it does that. It's just always... Ugh. Okay, here we go. Okada and Sonata have officially, officially signed the contract for the IWGP heavyweight title match in Don Taku. Isn't this exciting? Ah, oh, man. So, I think Sonata is a more than worthy opponent of the Rainmaker. So, um, I think they're going to put on a probably a five-star match, if not six. So I guess we're just going to have to see what happens. Uh, any comment, guys? Um, I mean, we saw it during the... the um, I forget what it was, too. Uh, the... Cup. It was the New Japan Cup. Oh, the J Cup. Yeah, yeah. So, um... They, they, they made it to the finals. Yeah. Both of them gave everything they had to see who was going to be able to have an opportunity at the title. And even Okada said, if I win the title, you will be the next one to get a title shot. And I believe Sonata is well deserving to have that next title shot. Ah, okay, okay. Um, so you think this is going to be a pretty good match, Switchblader? Yes, I believe it could go to maybe a 4.5 to a 5-star match. Okay. I don't know if possibly it could go to a 6-star. If it does, surprisingly, then that just shows that New Japan has grown and improved. Ah, okay, okay. I see your point there. This is going to be a very interesting match, and I can't wait to see uh, what happens. All right. Very well said, by the way. Okay, and uh, more news stories for you guys. Uh, there's been an update on CM Punk's next appearance. So, um, if you guys have forgotten or you don't uh, know already, the um, CM Punk, who uh, left WWE in... Uh, about 2014 and had a short-lived UFC career uh, was spotted at a um, a um, uh, indie show last month I'm not sure what it was called but um, yeah he uh, made a shocking return well at least people think or you know what it's him he was wearing the same hoodie I'm just gonna go ahead and say it everyone has been saying oh no it couldn't uh, it, it could be someone else dressed up like him. Someone else could have done the GTS. Well, um, sorry to burst your bubble, but that's it, it's him. I it, we clearly know it's him. So uh, anyway, uh, it says that CM Punk will be calling the action for Cage Fury Fighting Championships CFFC 75 event. So that is in Coachella, California, and uh, well, Coachella fans, be sure to get your tickets. Um, now, this means he's going to be calling the action. So, does this mean he's going to be referee, or is he going to be a commentator? What do you think is going to happen? If he's calling it, then yeah, it probably would be something with commentary. Hey, we've seen him on commentary before, and he's a grade A, I think. Um, you guys remember when he was on commentary for Raw? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so... Uh, 
Coachella fans, be sure to get your tickets. And uh, Leo Rush has turned down a $300,000 deal with WWE, and he says he wants double that number. What? Double that? $600,000. Yeah, yeah, I know what that means, but like, oh my god. Do, do they even have that much money to spare? I mean, they're a million dollar company. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. Close to a billion. But... Wouldn't surprise me if they were at a billion. <sighs> okay, well, uh, yesterday, Leo Rush gave his side of the story to uh, Fightful regarding reports of an incident on the European tour where he wouldn't carry water for veteran wrestlers as well as heat. He has gained backstage. Rush has been known to uh, get a lot of backstage heat, especially over the course of, um, well, him coming to NXT prior to making it to the main roster. So, especially that t- tweet he made about uh, Emma. So, uh, he's uh, he stirred up a lot of uh, uh, hate stew here, and well, looks like he's going to spill the pot even more. So, PW Insider notes that. To that story, stating that the authors of Payne and Drake Maverick were also junior members of the main roster during that tour and had no issues doing menial tasks such as carrying water for veteran wrestlers. Mark Henry responded to the story today on Busted Open Radio, stating that when he was started with the company, his responsibility was assisting Yokozuna, a WWE Hall of Famer. Henry stated that it's not a race issue, it's an ego issue. Who are you? Nobody is exempt from being respectful to the business and paying homage to the guys drawing money. We all have done it. Steve Austin did it, The Rock did it, you better than The Rock? Get the hell out of here. So, that is some uh, pretty strong words from Mark Henry, but he does make a good point, you know? It's not um, it's not just a New Japan thing where you have to, you know, uh, be a young lion. It's an international thing. It's respect, you know? Sure, they'll make you job to some guys. Sure, they'll make you, uh, uh, they'll put you in the entrances and the special ones, uh, and you, no one will know even who you are before then. But it'll, it'll all end soon. I mean, you just gotta, you gotta pay your dues first, you know. Yeah, yeah that's that's just part of the game. Uh, any comment, Hades? I don't have anything to comment on. Yeah. Leo wanting a double. Yeah, it, and. I don't, tensions are pretty high. A lot of people are wanting more out of WWE, or they're going to AEW, and it's pretty sad to say, but this it it could put a put a hold on some things. Maybe Rush could be released for all we know. You know, yeah. I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens. Uh, it has been reported this evening in Uproxx that uh, Daniel Bryan has been medically cleared to return to the ring, and that is awesome! Are you guys happy about that? Yeah, uh... No. No? No? I mean, mean, yeah, it's good to have him come back, but just to know that he's just gonna come back into the picture and be like, you stole my vegan title. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, so you don't like the position he's being held at. Like he's a uh, he's a uh, not really good with being a heel per se, or or you know he's just gonna continue with the Kofi storyline. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I can understand that. Um, it is gonna be kind of awkward, but of course it's just a matter of finding the right moment to reinsert him into storyline. He was originally supposed to have a title rematch against uh, Kofi at uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, but after he was hurt at Mania, that role was given to Kevin Owens, who turned heel 
earlier than planned for the occasion. Okay, so um, not really sure what's going to happen, but uh, he's being advertised for title matches with Kingston at house shows. So despite the lack of detail on his exact injury, sure sounds like he's doing okay, and we can't wait to see him uh, come on back to the show. So welcome back, Daniel. Can't wait to see how it turns out. And uh, we'll go ahead and do one more news story for you. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, there has been a rumor killer, uh, courtesy to WrestlingNews.co, and that is the rumor regarding uh, Goldberg's return to WWE. Now, it is not. It, it's not saying that there was rumors that um, he wasn't going to come, or that he was going to come, or all that. It was. Um, there was a rumor stirring up that he was going to be. Uh, put in the storyline where he takes the title off of Kofi, and uh, they basically do a feud. Well, this story is far from the truth. There were no plans uh, for Goldberg to wrestle Kofi Kingston in the future. Uh, furthermore, WWE has yet to decide on what Goldberg will be doing uh, on the show. As of today, there are no plans for him after Saudi Arabia. So this may be the only time this year, well, maybe not this year, but at least for now that we uh, see Goldberg. So... Um, I've seen some rumors that they're wanting to do, um, a, a match between him and, uh, uh, Brock Lesnar. So, you know, as a little rematch thing. Plus, you know, we haven't seen Lesnar since Mania, so. There you go. Yeah. I feel like that could be. Yeah, but just to pull, like, a picture of Goldberg versus Brock again, it's just, I mean, it was good. You know, well, the first rivalry, I mean, it was it was okay, but it didn't really get the hype that it wanted, and then you waited, uh-huh. se- like, several years past. Oh, yeah, yeah. They come back with the rivalry, and, you know, it, it pulled over, but then it was right at the end that it just it didn't feel right. Mm. But just to see them two go back at it again, it, I, it's just not worth it. Because if you look at it, Goldberg holds the record over Lesnar. Oh, does he? Yeah, he holds two victories over him and only Brock has Oh, yeah, because he beat him once at Mania. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. Okay, so um, that is it for news story. Uh, news story. News stories for you today. Uh, if you guys have anything to follow up, if you have any news to report yourself, please let us know or let you know uh, or let us know what you think about these uh, stories. So, um, that is done, and now we are moving on to On This Day in Wrestling History. You guys know how it goes. Hades, go ahead and take it away for us. Alright, guys. 16 years ago today, Chris Jericho defeated Chris Benoit for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Yes, yes. Um, I'm not really sure what um, what uh what retained this was. I didn't know if it was his first or second. But um, I can say that taking it off of a technician mastermind like Chris Benoit is uh, no easy task. So congratulations to Chris on that one 16 years ago. And uh, Switchblader, go ahead and uh, read our second one for us. Very special birthday. All From all here at Talk Us War, we would like to wish a happy 55th birthday to the WWE Hall of Famer, the Big Boss Man, 
who is a four-time WWE Hardcore Champion. But still, from all of us here at Talk of Swerve, happy birthday. And uh, rest in peace, too. Okay, so that is it for On This Day in Wrestling History. And now we are moving on to our two topics of today. Um, these ones were not submitted uh, Facebook or email. We came up with these ones. We haven't really been getting any uh, uh, messages lately on our Facebook page either, but that's okay because we can improvise. So our two topics for today are f- very interesting ones. Favorite indie match. Uh, these can range from any indie promotion. Uh it can be New Japan, it can be Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, Impact, any of those. Uh, you guys, let us know. And uh, our other one was uh, favorite moves. Now, these aren't finishers. We're talking moves specifically. So uh, these can range from anything, too. Um, any style, uh, whether it's uh, Japanese strong style or British catch wrestling, uh, any of those. So... Let us know what you guys think for that one, too. And, uh, all right, I guess we'll go ahead and get started right here. Um, favorite indie matches you want to do first? Um, I mean, I can. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, any of you want to go first? Or? Uh, <coughs> Switchblader can go ahead. Okay, you want to go ahead, Switchblader? Favorite indie matches? Yes, or, or match, plural. Um, singular, not plural. I would have to say there's probably two that come to mind in indie promotions that I would say are probably one of the greatest indie matches of all time. And my number one pick out of that would have to be Tetsuya Naito versus Kenny Omega at the G1 Climax 27, basically 2017 where Tetsuya Naito was victorious in defeating Kenny Omega to win the G1 and go to Wrestle Kingdom 12 to face Okada yeah. for the IWGP Championship. And the reason why I say that's my number one pick is because for three years in a row, them two have faced each other in the G1 Climax. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I remember hearing about a trend that happened with that. Yeah, they faced each other in the G1 Climax 2016 of where Kenny won, then 2017 came around. Yeah, yeah. Naito won, and then when Kenny won the world title, he yeah. beat Naito in the third match. Yeah, Japan, um, Japanese um, storytelling is by far one of the most complex ones of wrestling, and it's just so fucking awesome. Their yeah. storytelling, though, for how them two are, is actually special. Like, that is almost rivaling, like, Kenny and Coda's tag team ability. Yeah, yeah. They were the golden lovers. Yeah, yeah. So I see what you mean. It's a chemistry with two competitors who, you know, know each other real well and have tried to improve to try and out best the other. But, yes, that's my number one pick in any matches that I consider the greatest. And then the second one would have to be Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay when Kazuchika Okada actually went to, I believe, England during a tour in the UK of where he recruited Will Ospreay into Chaos and into New Japan Pro Wrestling after their match. Okay, okay. Well, uh, that is a very good pick. 
Uh, do you have anything else to follow up on? Or? No, those are probably one of the best besides, you know, Pentagon match. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially at uh, All In, you know? Oh, yeah. So, very good pick. Um, I don't believe I saw that match, but I do know that they two have, uh, them two have very good chemistry together, especially whenever they are put in such a high star match. So, very good pick, Switchblader. Uh, Hades, you uh, want to go ahead and tell us uh, your yeah, favorite indie one. match? Okay. Okay, so mine would have to be from ECW. Mine's Hardcore Heaven, 1999, Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn. Ah, man. I don't think I saw that one, but I... I I know if it, if Rob Van Dam's in the match, it's a fucking awesome. These characters were created for each other to fight, and it just blew up. Yeah. Like, they had a couple great matches. It's Guilty as Charged and Living Dangerously, but the main one that everybody remembers is Hardcore Haven. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, a lot of uh, lot of great matches come from Hardcore Haven. So, very good pick. Uh, any key moments in the match you liked, or...? When Rob Van Dam slams him. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, I, I really do miss RVD, man. Especially in uh, WWE. And that's weird. They still bill him as an outsider. Like He technically still is. I mean, I, well, yeah, but that, I mean, that, now, of course. Water but I meant... could jump into NXT <sighs> at any moment. Oh, God. Sorry. Ugh. I got a little dry mouth. Okay. So, very good pick. Uh, of course, two living legends from ECW. All right, and um, now I'm going to tell you guys my favorite indie match, and that is probably uh, from 2018, New Japan. Um, this was Sakura Genesis, and this was Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker, defending his IWGP heavyweight title against Zack Sabre Jr., probably one of the greatest New Japan matches I ever watched in my life. It was just it was just pure genius. The um, the blends of uh, Zack Saber Jr.'s uh, technicalities, uh, his uh, or, or his technical fighting style is what I mean. It's uh, I'm not really sure exactly what styles he does, but I do know that he has a British strong style in him, which is why uh, you see him do the joint manipulation or going for the limbs and targeting. It's um, very strategic, and that is a British way, I'm pretty sure, because a lot of people like Tyler Bay, Marty Scroll, and um, Pete Dunne have done it, so, um, yeah, and it was a, just a fucking badass match, you know, um, I think they have really good chemistry together, especially whenever, um, I believe it was mid-match, yeah, it was mid-match, uh, he was going, uh, Okada was going for the Rainmaker, and fucking Zack just, like, wrapped around him and got him in a fucking arm bar. And it was so awesome. It was it was just lightning quick, just like that. You, you've you seen the lightning quickness from uh, uh, ZSJ, right, man? Yeah, man. Have you... Um, I've seen a few of his matches, but no. He's incredibly technical, I gotta say. Plus, you know, he, uh, he worked very hard last year winning the J-Cup. And, uh... uh Defeating names like, I believe, Sonata, and uh, I can't think of who else he defeated that that time, but I do know he went uh, through hell and back just to capture the J-Cup and put another uh, Golden Star under Suzuki Goon, if you know what I'm saying. So, uh, very good match put on by the two, of course. Uh, Okada retaining the IWGP heavyweight title uh, before losing it to uh, Kenny Omega. A few months later, I believe, so 
Um, yeah, that is it. My favorite ending match. So, again, guys, tell us what your favorite ending matches are. And if you agree with our picks, if you disagree, let us know here. Talk is War, anchor.fm. And now we are moving on to our second topic of today, and that is our favorite wrestling moves. Again, this has nothing to do with finishers, although if the wrestling move is a finisher, uh, you could you can do that. So let us know what you guys... Uh, what your guys' uh, favorite wrestling move is, whether it's something like Brock Lesnar's F5 or something like the uh, German suplex that so many stars have perfected, the super kick, the spear, whatever you guys think, tell us. We want to know. And now we will tell you ours. Who wants to go first? Anyone? I will. Okay, and what is that? Hades? My favorite move of all time is the German suplex. That's a shitty pick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love that move. I'm just playing with you. Okay, go ahead. I just love how many wrestlers have used the German suplex. Like, Lesnar. Uh, Angle. Angle. Yeah. Ra- Roman. Yeah, Benoit. Benoit, Jericho, Guerrero. All of these great wrestlers have used the German suplex, and all of them have perfected in some way. Like, fucking Angle's... He he. Uh, Angle Suplex City. Yeah, they, yeah. They they always say like he did Suplex City first, you know, because he would do that uh, before getting him in the ankle lock or doing the uh, the angle slam. Yeah. Yeah. He and would. Then, and then and like, then Lesnar took it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trifecta German Suplex. That's what they would call it. Which is weird because on Two K Nineteen they call it Suplex City, which is kind of funny because I'm like, ah, he doesn't do it, but his one of his greatest rivals does it too, <laughs> you know. Okay, so very good pick. Um, I especially love that move. Uh, it's just so beautiful to watch, you know. I like watching Chad Gable do it. He, he is really good at perfecting it, especially the bridge, you know. Okay. Uh, Switchblader, you want to go ahead and uh, tell them your favorite wrestling move? Um, favorite move, I would have to say that's something that, you know, it really does put punishment on your opponent and it literally does make you get dizzy mm-hmm. I would have to say the V trigger but not the V trigger of how you see if where it's basically called it's basically called the ripcord knee strike or the revolutionary knee yeah yeah but it's when you have your opponent down onto his knees you run towards the ropes and you have them like towards the ropes a little bit where you know they're on ground level yeah they're there and as soon as you just run you just you get that one good angle just to get your knee just right and then all you hear is that snap you hear that you know somebody's gonna be fucking hurting and probably gonna be dizzy for a bit knowing oh yeah that oh, they yeah. just got fucking you know super knee or, you know, something yeah. of that caliber. In the yeah, place. yeah, totally. So, um, the one-winged angel, of course, has perfected that move, I think. And I think um, some uh, people that I know who wrestled uh, uh, Kenny during the Indies uh, has said that the V-Trigger is the last thing you'll never see. And it is especially beautiful to perfect because it's because it can be surprising also totally it, totally it can, it can come, come from, from anywhere yeah literally can come from anywhere it's like going to the top rope bam be triggered you're going to the turnbuckle bam be triggered i'm gonna go outside to go get some fresh air bam be triggered kenny omega just shows up and shoves his giant fucking knee in your face 
kills you. <laughs> Not really kills you, but you know what I mean. I mean, it could kill you. It could, probably, if you hit hard enough. Nasal no. bone or something like that. Not just that. Get a few good hits in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're done. You're done for, man. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for perfection, and Kenny Omega does just that. So very good pick. Very good pick. And now um, my favorite Alpha Z is uh, got to be something that's a bit simple but has been perfected by a lot of people, and that is the elbow drop. And I'm talking a top rope elbow from Macho Man Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. I fucking love doing that. But anyway... Um, you know, there's just been so many people to perfect such a beautiful move. People now, like Velveteen Dream, or, uh, I'm trying to think here, the Pirate Princess, Kairi Sane, or Tetsuya Naito, even, uh, perfecting such a beautiful, beautiful move. And it is simple, but it is so effective. So, you know, it's, um, I mean, I, I guess it's not really that simple, but, you know, it's, um... It's not simple, but it's kind of easy to do. Yeah, yeah, it's just easy to do. You don't really see it a lot, but it's 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 pretty easy to do. Just trying to do it in your own way and, you know, go for it. Yeah, yeah, That's totally. Cool. So, uh, that is my favorite, and again, guys, let us know what your favorites are. We want to hear you, and now we are moving on from two from our two topics of today, and now we are going to Rumors of the Wrestling World. Oh, God, we got a couple here, and a couple have really opened eyes. So, in an interview with Fightful Select, Leo Rush responded to recent reports of backstage heat and said a lot of it is coming from someone who was when, who was when, <laughs> who was with Ring of Honor while he was there. And he also stated that he hated me since the day I worked for Ring of Honor, and now that they work for WWE, they're leaking false information to get me released. Now, this is, um... This kind of turns the tables a little bit because this makes me wonder who he's talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe further on down the road, um, they'll exp- uh, he'll explain. But uh, it's said that um, apparently someone has been linking false information to WWE um, who worked with him in Ring of Honor. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to think here. This could be a lot of people. I'm trying to think who worked with him in Ring of Honor here. Um, damn, it could be anyone. Well, I, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see until uh, he elaborates. Still doesn't really make up for what he did with uh, the whole water thing, but, you know, this, this, is, uh, this is something else, you know? We, we need to hear both sides before we, before we pick some sides here. And it's until proven guilty, as they say. So, yeah. All right, so um, Ryback confirmed a report from PW Insider Elite that WWE tells incoming talent to turn over their social media login and password information. What the fuck? They can do that? Wait, what? That is a complete breach of privacy. I'm a little... It says um, Ryback, uh, who kind of left WWE like 2015 or 2016, something like that, reported that on PW Insider Elite, that WWE tells incoming talent to turn over their social media login and password information. Now, why would they want to do that? I... That's that's a little uh, creepy, you know. It's not just creepy. That's invading, you know, people's privacy. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really big red flag there. Jesus, I don't know who makes the rules here, but that that's a little much, Vince, you know. It's probably Vince. Oh, man, Vince probably would 
one. I mean, it's one thing that you want to keep, you know, you keep an eye on things, but, I mean, that's, that's just, that's a little too much right there. Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know how to respond to that. That's, that's just, it's kind of sick, really. God, I hope that fucking changes. It kind of makes me mad. They don't deserve to go through that. They work their asses off. They just want their passwords. <laughs> okay, let's hope that clears up. But um, according to both Fightful and Bodyslam.net, WWE added two months to Dash Wilder's current contract due to the time he missed with a broken jaw in 2017. His deal will now expire in June of next year. Okay, so... Same thing with Luke Harper's contract. Whenever uh, he had it frozen for a bit, because uh, he was recovering from an injury, and uh, well, that's just how it goes. So, uh, Dash, I guess you're being put on here. Now, this uh, this makes me wonder though. Um, they could use him for something else if uh, Scott's already going to be done before he is. So, uh, well. Um, He's going to basically miss uh, – he, he, well, he already did miss in 2017. So it's going to expire in June of next year. That's adding two months to it. So Scott could be out before him. So this is going to – I don't know. what I'm not sure what they're going to do. Maybe they'll put him in more house shows or – I don't know. We're just going to have to see what happens. All right, and uh, – They could work out new contracts. Yeah, also. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really think of that. Um, one more for you guys. Rhino's WWE contract expires in July. Pro Wrestling Inc. and NDIWC is already advertising his return to their roster later this year. And this was from yesterday. Um, or not yet. Yeah, yeah, yesterday's show when we reported on this in the first place. So, okay. So, I guess we have our answers now. So, uh, guys, let us know what you think about these rumors. And let us know if you have any uh, rumors of your own. And uh, that is it for our rumors of today. Now we are moving on to the end of the show where we are going to do events coming up. And let's see what we got here. Uh, May 3rd, tomorrow, uh, 7.30 p.m. at the Palm Beach County Convention Center in West Palm Beach, Florida. It's NXT Live. Be sure to get your tickets, West Palm Beach fans. And uh, what else we got here? WWE is coming to Evansville, Indiana at the Ford Center in Evansville. And that is Sunday, May 5th, this Sunday at 7. Be sure to get your tickets, Evansville fans. And that is it for Talk Is War of today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, uh, What else did I want to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, Season 2 is just about over. Next Thursday will be our finale. And then we are taking a short break. And then we are going to say hello to Season 3, I believe, sometime in August. So we'll keep you updated and see if anything changes. And, well, uh, I guess that is it for uh, Talk is War of today. So from Alpha Z. Switchblader. Uh, Hades already left. So um, thank you guys very much for tuning in today. We will see you next time.